Want to be part of the Morning Blitz? Don't fight it. Tell me how you really feel. Send your thoughts to our text line at 785-899-2222. Back here on a Tuesday show. Glad you're with us on the Morning Blitz. Fun's first segment talking about uh, week one NFL thoughts as week one is in the books. Let's continue some of the NFL conversation with our friend from MileHighReport.com. That is Nick Birch, who joins us now on the phone. Uh, good morning, Nick. Uh, Nick, I first got to start off with, I know we're going to talk plenty of Broncos, but what were your thoughts this morning after what happened last night in that Monday football game, seeing Aaron Rodgers' you know, season, this season with the Jets, done in just four plays? That is about as, and again, I'm not a Jets fan, but if I was a Jets fan, that would have been the most, crushing scene that I can imagine. Um, So much hype surrounding that team and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and I think they came out with just to the field with so much energy. You you know, you see Aaron Rodgers leading them on the field, the American flag, fans going nuts. You know, the the hype is in the air and then four plays in, you know, falls, you know, falls the wrong way. And, you know, if so, facts so, he's done for the year. Um, now, you've got to be at least a little bit of a, you know, to, to look at the Silver line, did get the win over a Buffalo Bills team who many project to be a playoff team. And yeah. if not the, uh, uh, well, I guess and, until Aaron Rodgers got to town, they were looking to be the top of the AFC East. Um, so you got to give tip, that, tip your hat to Zach Wilson um, for, for generating a win. However, how sustainable that success is going to be, um, we've seen, we've got, we've got a sample size of Zach Wilson in the past. It's not great. Um, that's not to say that he can't use this as a catalyst to kind of a, to prove it to people, but losing someone as substantial as Aaron Rodgers like that in that fashion is, is just, it's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, to me, the only thing I could compare it to is if, is if either somebody like if Peyton Manning went down in 2012 right away, or Tom Brady went down in uh, 2019 with the with the Bucks right away, or 2020 whenever he joined. I think that would have been you know that's the only comparable reaction I could think of. And just seeing him being carted off the field. I mean, you saw, I mean, I was watching the Manning cast, and and Peyton just couldn't believe it. He was he was sitting there saying, I. I, I thought they were going to tape it back up and send him out there, but not, you know, I guess we'll see what Wilson has. And he, I, I don't know if he was being facetious or not, but he was like, I can't even, I, I totally forgot that Zach Wilson was even on the roster. So that's just, it was, it was just pretty, uh, you know, again, not, not a Jets fan or anything, but that's, you got to feel it for that, for that franchise and the fans. They've, uh, they've been through a lot. No, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I feel bad for the fans in that franchise. That's for sure. And, uh, you've traded so much away to get him, and now, uh, now you don't know if he'll ever play for you. Possibly, we'll see. I, I, how about this for a quick thought, and we'll move on to the Broncos. But I almost feel a little bit better about the Jets. I don't think they have Super Bowl chance. Their Super Bowl chances are gone, but they might have a pretty solid season if Aaron can come back and help guide Zach Wilson. Which I don't know if he do, but I feel like that would give them a better chance. Yeah, that's just, that's that, that's what we're going to see from now, from here on out. I think is what kind of a teammate is. Aaron Rodgers is going to be. Um, this is a new team for him. He's, you know, he's not tight knit with the guys like he was with the Packers. Uh, you know, 
I, I don't think he's ever really been one to embrace a mentor-like role. It's always kind of like, I want the reps. The reps are mine. Um, but, I, I mean, he's getting up there in age. You know, this maybe this could be something where he kind of sits back and thinks whether or not I want to come back, whether or not it's time for me to hang him up after an injury like this. Maybe it's a sign that I need to kind of wind him down, and he kind of moves into that uh, – Crash Davis role for Zach Wilson or um, Jake Taylor, if you're looking for a, another baseball analogy, um, trying to mentor the young Bucks to become what the Jets thought he would be when they drafted him um, in the first round a few years back. But I, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I could see it going either way. I could see him, I could see him really stepping up to the plate and being a great teammate. Although I could also see him, you know hanging out on Pat McAfee's show every day. So it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Love the Crash Davis-Jake Taylor reference. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Nick Birch from MileHighReport.com is our guest here on the Morning Blitz. Okay, let's move into the Denver Broncos. They lose Sunday 17-16 to the Raiders. Um, you know, you've, had a, you've had over a day or so to stew on this. When you look back at that first game of the year, what are your overall, overall thoughts? Well, my first overall thought is that I don't think it's time to hit the panic button just yet. I do think that it was a disappointing loss, and I do think a lot of the negative reactions that you're going to see coming from Broncos country are going to stem mainly from the fact that, A, it is a division rival in the Raiders, which nobody in Broncos country has any affinity for, and it's Josh McDaniels, um, the former head coach turned enemy it's 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 a tough it's tough it's a tough pill to swallow on opening night. You know, it maybe may not be as tough as watching Russell Wilson lose to his old team in the opener last year, but it's still ugly to watch, especially in a game they were in position to win. And I think that there was a lot of positive in the first half that I think fans were expecting to carry into the second half. It just didn't happen, and I, I'll. I'm going to probably, you know, get ripped from my fans for this, but I do have to give McDaniels some credit because I thought in the second half was very efficient in keeping the Broncos' offense off the field. Um, now, again, you've got to ask why, you know, why couldn't the Broncos' defense get the offense, you know, back on the field? That's, you know, that's another question. But for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. The defense did not play very good. The offense did not get very many chances in the second half. Um, but I, did, I still saw positives to take away from that i still think that sean payton did have a good game plan he brought in in the second half we just did not execute the team did not execute that was the best i think i've seen russell wilson play in some time was he perfect no he had a couple miscues but for not having jerry judy for you know having to for kind of almost have, like looking at a wait and see what's going to happen with Javante Williams. I thought the offense was fairly efficient, um, even if it's just at 17 points, because when you look at the, if, when you look at the whole scope of the game, the Broncos went into halftime with a lead. They just scored before halftime on a great drive. They were getting the ball back after halftime. They very well. I think if, I think they're going to have to really go back and look at what happened after halftime. Because I, that's obviously where the game was lost. I think they may have came out a little cocky, maybe came out a little bit. You know, we're we're gonna we're we're gonna just blow the wheels off this thing, and you know, score right here and get a two touch or get a two two score lead, and it just it just didn't happen. 
Um, you know, and I think they got lucky a couple times when Jimmy G threw the pick in the end zone to Kareem Jackson. That really kind of – that was when I thought, I was like, okay, this is uh, – we shouldn't have to hope for something like that. You know, the team should not have to hope for something like that. You have to be more prepared to keep your foot on the pedal when you have the momentum. And I, I think they lost it early in the second half, and, you know, that just completely changed the narrative of the game. So – Going going into this week versus the Commanders, I think they're really going to have to go back and see what exactly went wrong there. I, I think the thing that that made that stood out to me the most about this game was looking at the final box score and looking at the team stats and how unbelievably close they were in both. Like everything was dead even. I don't know if you looked at the box score; it's it's crazy to see how it was how dead he was so neck and neck. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It was crazy. It was something different and. You know, and I, I get it. I think that the Raiders, you know, had their own deficiencies that the Broncos were able to exploit, which, um, you know, looking back, you know, and it's just looking back at it, you got to think the woulda, coulda, shoulda. You don't want to think that way, but had Will Lutz not missed that opening extra point, you know, had we, you know, not committed a couple penalties and take, taken ourselves out of a scoring position there um, at certain points in the second half, you know, forced it upon, I think, you know, I think this was – built for a Broncos win. Even if it wouldn't have been the prettiest win, I think that we had set ourselves, I think the team had set themselves up to win. I keep referring to myself as, a, as if I'm wearing pads. But um, I, I think that they put themselves in position to win. But again, the cards just were not on the table for them. I think maybe it was a lot of emotion, opening game, new coach, new energy. But you got to find a way to finish those games. What was maybe the the biggest strength of that first game that you think they can build upon, and what's the biggest weakness that they've got to get addressed right away? Okay, the first, the the biggest strength that I saw right away was the efficiency of the offense. Just 17 points, Russell Wilson only threw for 177. But what you saw there was a lot more crisp movement. And even without Jerry Judy, there was a lot of good just the, the team seemed to be much more in sync. You know, I, I, I remember watching the opening game last season, and it just seemed like the team was completely out of sync. Like, I think Russell Wilson had to check down at Javante Williams like 10 or 11 times because he could not find his guys open in the, in the, in the field. You look back at this game, you see the receivers were getting open. They were getting open. I think, and, you know, God bless him, Javante Williams came back and ran well. Samaj Perrine, not as, not as great as Williams, but he had his moments as well. So I think that – and what, what, what impressed me the most, I think, not only were the receivers getting open and Russell Wilson was hitting them for the most part, but was the time Russell Wilson had in the pocket. I don't know – I'm sure everybody that is familiar with the Broncos remembers Wilson's – that image of Wilson last year, I think it was from week 9 or 10, with that big baseball-sized lump on his head from getting, you know, not clean in the pocket. And that's what was happening nearly the entire season. He was running for his life. He wasn't as agile as he is this year. He's, you know, he shed some baby fat, and he's gotten into that more lean looking in so he can move quicker. Um, but he was constantly running from his life last year, and I did not see that. I did not see that on Sunday. Did Max Crosby get to him a little bit? Sure he did, because Max Crosby is a good football player. But what I saw more than anything is that they gave him more protection, far more protection than he had the previous season. He was hitting his receiver in stride. He was 17 at 24. A couple of those were throwaways. You know, he had a couple of miscues. But for the most part, I was encouraged by the offense. 
And I think although they only scored 17, I think that we're going to see some 25, 30-point games in the future with Sean Payton running the, running the show. Now, having said the positive, the biggest negative that I could see is that, the, that there was just absolutely zero pass rush on, on the defensive side. You've got to be able to get to the quarterback. There was too often Jimmy Garoppolo had too much, too much time to throw the ball. Um, he was able to make – he was going through all his reads twice, it seemed like. And eventually the, the, the secondary can only contain for so long. You've got to be able to get to the quarterback. And I do think that that extended some drives for the Raiders, not being able to get to Jimmy. Because from, from where in the years past, Josh Jacobs would absolutely just flash through the Broncos' defense, he was held relatively in check, um, 48 yards. Not, not terrible, but not – exactly a game changer either didn't get the end zone it was josh jacobs did not beat the broncos on sunday it was more or less that jimmy g and the the pass game was able to move the chains enough and control the clock enough to do what they had to do because the the last broncos drive of the game came with a little over six and a half minutes left to go uh they had a quick uh three and out unfortunate turn of events and again this is when you got to finish the game you've got to be able to put together something on a drive like that to move the chains, and they just did not do it. So that was the worst part of the Broncos' offense right there. They looked efficient for the most part of the game and just could not get it together on that drive. However, I do think that there was enough time on the clock for the defense to give the Broncos another chance, and they just could not get the defense off the field. So you get what you get. You get a kneel out from Jimmy, um, and then game over. You know, looking looking the next week, Raiders 1-0, Broncos 0-1. And then at the same time, along with – the, the defense not being able to get off the field in the second half um, and not being able to get to the quarterback enough, you've got to also look at the penalties as well. Ten penalties, I think 10 or 11, you know, and a lot of them are just in crucial moments. Like, is it the worst? It's, it's not exactly a repeat of last year, but it's still, it's still too often. They're being penalized. They're being penalized in the wrong moments at the wrong times. Were some of them ticky-tacky, sure. But at the same time, you've got to be able to play discipline when it matters the most. And I think that they struggled with that in the second half. Once again, he is Nick Birch of MileHighReport.com. Nick, thank you so much for getting up with us today and joining us. We hopefully talk to you in a couple weeks as the season progresses on for Denver. Hey, thanks a lot, Ross. I appreciate it. Once again, great stuff there from Nick Birch of MileHighReport.com. You can read him stuff at MileHighReport.com. Uh, throughout the NFL season. All right, we got to get to break. We come back. We will wrap up the show with some final thoughts and what's going on in local sports today. That's next here on The Blitz.